You are listening to the Unlikely Felon podcast, episode number four. Welcome to the Unlikely Felon livestream. This show is peppered with humor, entertains with inspiration, and presents real solutions to post-traumatic recovery. Here is your host, author, speaker, and mistake maker, W.C. Young. Welcome to the show. I'm WC. I have a really good show for you today, wherever you are, uh, whatever you're doing. I hope you're enjoying it this day, right now, doing what you want to do. I'm headed to Salt Lake tomorrow. Been a crazy, busy week. I really appreciate all the positive feedback on the book. Great reviews. I had some really good messages to me about people relating to adoption from last week's show and loss, coming back from it. And I've received some of my first negative feedback. We're going to get into that today. I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly what they said and my thoughts on it. And again, I've said many times, the point of this podcast is to be authentic and help as many people as I can to come back from whatever hell, challenges, stuff. I like to use a different word that they're dealing with. I was also asked about the five-star review from Reader's Favorites. So I thought I would go over some of the details with you. It's, uh, I thought, a great review. The Unlikely Felon by W.C. Young represented the quest for wealth. Its effect as one loses sight of themselves, the selflessness of caregiving and more. By the end of the book, my respect for Will spiked because it took a lot of guts to admit failings. Especially from a, the success of a point of view of a successful man, William looked inward and acknowledged that he could have done better even though his anger was justified. I recommend this book for entrepreneurs and even young adults just starting in business. Document everything, regardless of the relationship you share. However, when you win, be careful about ego, grandiose ideas, and glory-seeking, because that is when we ignore the tiny details that could sink us. Will is an excellent salesman with a talent for storytelling. His smooth flow captivated me. Thank you for sharing your story, Will, and my love to Kay and all caregivers. Keep rising. Just want to say thank you so much to Jennifer. Her her last name is IBM. She was the reviewer and I appreciate her thoughts. I'm so grateful. Now on today's cast, are you living your purpose? I want to challenge you with that question. Take a couple seconds and think about it. As part of finding your purpose, we'll get into my journey of attempting to get uh, wealthy, as I say, uh, filthy rich. I was chasing the money dream and there were water filters involved at the beginning. Stay with me. And we'll get into the last lecture, which really changed my mind. Then we cover the comeback story of Jan Kuhn. I thought this story was a good fit for what's going on in the world today in the Ukraine. You probably have never heard of Jan, but I know you know his company name. And then we'll end today with some action steps you can take to confirm you're living your life purpose Find out what it is or make changes so you can say you are doing it. I used to have lots of three by five cards back in the day in college and then after college. And these were goals. I'd post them on my bulletin board above my desk, but they weren't really life purpose. And so when I met Bill Gould, I got a bit, uh, well, a little bit off track. I'll give you some background. My high school friend named Stu, actually, he said, uh, really? He said, go ahead and use my real name. It's Scott. Uh, and if you know Scott, he's just incredible, fantastic guy. We ended up rooming together in college. And I talk about this in the intro of the book. But after we graduated, he got involved in multi-level marketing. 
called me up one day. It was a company that sold some amazing vitamin liquid stuff. So he's explaining it to me. It made you feel really good when you put it in some water. And I thought, wow, that sounds good. And then he said there were water filters involved. Like, what in the world is that? But the one thing that got me was he said, the company is based off the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Now, keep in mind at the time, I had Mr. Hill's Bible, The Law of Success, which is like 1,000, I looked it up, 1,170 pages long. And Think and Grow Rich is the watered-down version or summary of The Law of Success. So when Scott said it was based off of Think and Grow Rich, I thought, I'm in. The challenge is that I thought getting rich was my life, life purpose. When I met Bill Gould, who started Equinox, I thought I was well on my way. Kay and I had just gotten married. We went to the MGM Grand in Las Vegas to see Bill's two-day workshop. Now, we had turned in our wedding gifts to get the cash to pay for this, and we even shared a hotel with six other people. It was a really bizarre deal. And I write in the book, Journey Beyond Perception was starting, and Bill Gould, the lead circus trainer for the event, appeared at center stage. I use the word circus because it was an over-the-top, strobe, lights everywhere, music-blasting, mega-stage event. It was multi-level marketing on steroids. Bill played the part more like a lead singer of a rock band than a trainer for a network marketing business. During the weekend, Gould performed all these weird skits, and, and actually, they were really cool. I thought he had some really good ideas, but one was titled Death. And it was particularly crazy. They turned off all the lights, started banging on drums and metal, and then they shot fire as Bill leapt to the front of the stage. And he was wearing this black garb, dark. He's dressed as the Grim Reaper. And he spoke about death and how quickly it comes. Without warning, he fired off questions to the audience like, are you giving life everything you have? Are you living your life purpose? Next time the Reaper showed up, it'll be your death. It was interesting because I kept, I kept chasing this get wealthy thing, this journey. And I, I slowly felt like I was almost getting swallowed by the abyss. And then something great happened to me. I, I saw for the first time Randy Posh's last lecture, which has been seen now over 20, I think it's 20.6 million times. He's to, he actually delivered the lecture back in 2007. And then the book by the same title was published in 08. If you haven't seen it, please go to YouTube and watch it. I think it should be a requirement. It'll deeply affect you. Here's his main point. Is that you should live literally like you're dying. And, and keep in mind, now Randy didn't... When you think about a last lecture, it was always something pretending. Okay, And this was suddenly real for him. The last lecture encompasses lessons from life and really achieving one's childhood dreams. For me, what I saw, it was, am I living my life purpose? Am I excited every day? I, I fought the fact that I wasn't. I justified it since I was making some money along the way, had some lucky things happen. But I love Randy's main points. Here they are. We cannot change the cards we're given. However, we can control and change how we play the hand. Kay and I found ourselves in this, this horrible spot, right? And, and we've made lots of bad decisions to get there, as many of you out there, I'm sure, have done. Maybe you had good intentions, but you found yourself in a bad place. But we played the hands we were given as well as we could. It turned out, again, that, that many of those choices were, were not ideal. Okay, But you, you move forward. Number two, the brick walls let us prove how badly we want things. I've had lots of challenges, lots of brick walls, and especially with this situation. And now, moving forward, you've heard me say it. My reputation was tarnished. So what do I do? Do I give up? Do I quit? No. 
even though I've lost so much, I feel like this is my challenge now. How can I come back? And how many people, especially with the pandemic and everything that's going on out there, how many people are challenged right now to come back, whether they lost a business or something hasn't worked right? Number three, getting criticized is the best thing that can happen to you. <laughs> that's a that's a tough one. I would add falling on your face and going to jail can make some shifts for you as well. And I'm not suggesting that, but number four, people are more important than things. I think that was in essence me at the beginning of this journey. And I should have heeded that point. When the end starts justifying the means, you tend to go off track. And number five, work well and play with others. And that's something I've always tried to do. But but here's the thing. Tell the truth. Be sincere. And what I loved Randy talked about was apologize. He actually talked about, here's what an apology is. <laughs> For me, that was writing this book. And the book was a, an apology as such, right? An apology mainly to my kids and my wife and to my community and to my family and to everyone involved in the situation, but also a way for me to work out with myself. What are my, where am I going? What is my main purpose? And as, as Randy talks about, and he, he challenged people in that last lecture, and I'm going to challenge you today. If you died today or found out you were going to die, maybe in three months, six months, nine months, are you living your life purpose? And that brings me to Jan Coombe. I, I mentioned at the start, I'll tell you where he is originally from shortly. And each week, I love to give you some quick story about inspiration, but with a quick shout out to Paul Harvey. Now, Mr. Harvey used to say now with the rest of the story. So <laughs> if you don't know who Paul is, look him up again, Paul Harvey. Let me take you back with the rest of the story. Jan Coombe came to the United States. Now, he was originally born in Kiev, Ukraine. I think by now we all know we've heard of Kiev, and now we, we probably know where it is, which we may not have ever known before. In 1992, at the age of 16, Jan moved with his mother, grandmother, to Mountain View, California. Now, the family was broke. They were in a social support program that helped the family get a small two-bedroom apartment. His father was supposed to come over later, but he died in the Ukraine, I think it's 1997. Now, at first, Jan's mother worked as a babysitter while he worked as a cleaner at a grocery store. His mother ended up dying in 2000 after a long battle with cancer. By the age of 18, Kuma had become interested in programming. He enrolled at San Jose State University and simultaneously worked for Ernest & Young as a security tester. In 1997, Kuma met Brian Ockton while they worked at Ernest & Young. Later that year, he, he was hired as Yahoo as an engineer. Apparently, both of them did, so they, they both quit school. And over the next nine years, Kuma and Ockton worked at Yahoo together. And in September 2007, they left and both applied for work at Facebook, but were rejected. Remember, this is 2007. In 2009, Coombe chose the name WhatsApp because it sounded like What's Up. On February 9th, 2014, Zuckerberg, if you guys know, he's the founder of Facebook, asked Coombe to have dinner at his house and formally proposed Coombe a deal to join the Facebook board. Ten days later, Facebook announced it was acquiring WhatsApp for $19 billion. Over the first half of 2016, Coombs sold more than $2.4 billion worth of Facebook stock. Now, now Jan Coombe found his purpose. More importantly, his comeback. Think of coming from the Ukraine, everything that was against him. As Ralph 
Ralph Waldo Emerson said, The purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. Just a quick break and a word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Buzzsprout, the number one podcast hosting site in the world. Check them out today at buzzsprout.com. Each week, if you've been listening to the podcast, I like to tell a, a funny story or, or odd story about the past. The other day, I was thinking about how I used to do trainings, and so this was before everything happened. I was very fortunate to do trainings for nonprofits. It was to help them run their boards and fundraise and all that good stuff. And I was, I, I believe I did 52 paid gigs, uh, trainings, speaking engagements in one year. I'm, I'm excited and really looking forward to getting back on the platform as things somewhat go back to normal and we have more engagements like that. But there was one in particular, and now you, you take in mind, I was doing sometimes 20 people. There'd be a, a training with 20 people or the largest one was about a thousand and they were in Boise and San Diego and Salt Lake and Albuquerque. And I think it was either Salt Lake or Albuquerque. I was doing a training and getting ready for it in the morning. So it's early. Probably to be there about seven or seven thirty. So I'm getting ready, got my suit on, looking as well as I can. You gotta remember the pressure of um getting your presentation ready and you're trying to remember all these things. And that was a one man show. <laughs> Didn't have a a producer or assistants or any of that stuff. So I'm getting ready, put my suit on. I realize I don't have my dress shoes. It's about, I've got to be there in 30 minutes. It was, you know, six 30, whatever, seven. I don't have my dress shoes and all I had were flip-flops. So I figure nowhere to go. Can't get them. I'm going to go ahead and wear the flip-flops to this training and see how it goes. And I'm not going to tell anybody. So I show up and I do the training. I think it was three or four hours. And towards the end, we're doing question and answers. And nobody had said a word. And one person says, I really like your style. I like how relaxed you are. You're wearing flip-flops with a suit. <laughs> and everybody in the training center starts laughing because they're like, I don't think some people had realized it. And it reminded me of what Graham always said. She'd say, take those lemons and build a lemonade factory. Not just a stand, but she'd say a factory. And so that's what I would do, even on an occasion when I had to wear flip-flops with a suit. And I was honest. I did tell the group I didn't mean to do this. I, I ended up telling the story. I'd forgotten my shoes, and <laughs> I'm, I'm going with flip-flops. So that was a lot of fun. And that, that brings me to the end of today. You, you've had a few minutes now to think about what I said early on. I'm, I hope you remember the question, but I'll ask you again. Are you living your life purpose? If you've come back from something tragic or you're coming back right now, maybe maybe your most important follow-up question might be, how do you answer? If I'm not, how do I get there and why do it, right? Turns out there are some big benefits. The Earl E. Bacon Center, it's a center at the University of Minnesota. They do spirituality and healing, discusses how knowing your purpose and living it can influence your physical health. So real quick, there's a couple of things they came up with. Number one, you live longer. There's a 2009 study of over 73,000 Japanese men and women. They found that those who had a strong connection to their sense of purpose, which they call ikigai, ikigai, let's see if I can say it right, ikigai, 
tended to live longer than those who didn't. Additionally, in this study, it was blue zones, communities in which, in the world in which people are more likely to live past 100. And Dan Butner identified these factors that most centurions share. One of them being a strong sense of purpose. In 2014, the researchers used the data to track adults over a 14-year purpose, and they found that having a purpose in life appears appeared to widely buffer against mortality risk in your adult years. Number two, protect against heart disease. Another study, 2008, found that a lower level of purpose in Japanese men was associated with earlier death, higher rates of cardiovascular disease. More research in this area showed that the purpose is a possible protective factor against uh, heart disease or coronary type problems. Number three, it can prevent Alzheimer's disease. Another study uh, was uh, Dr. Patricia Boyle, a neuropsychologist at the Rush Alzheimer's Disease Center in Chicago, found that people with a low sense of self-purpose were 2.4 times more likely to get Alzheimer's disease than those with a strong purpose. Further, people with purposes were less likely to develop impairments in their daily living and mobility disabilities. Number four, they handled pain better. Purpose can also positively affect pain management. A study in the Journal of Pain found that women with a stronger sense of purpose were better able to withstand heat and cold stimuli when it was applied to the skin. So what can you do if you're not living your life purpose? Again, if you are, great. But if you're not, number one, this is just a few things from myself and research. Read, study, listen to podcasts, especially one like this one. I hope uh, I hope it helps you. It, when you do that, it helps you, your brain, brainstorming, idea creation, motivation, all the things that can inspire you to come up with, here's my purpose, or how do I actually live it if I know it? So either find it or live it if I know it. Use your pain like I'm doing. Again, I'm not suggesting you tell the world your secrets, but use it to create something to help others. We all have pain from failure, from feeling like we're not enough, from you fill in the blank, right? Use it to find your purpose. Cultivate gratitude. What's working now for you? Keep doing it and stop doing things that you're not grateful for. And then ask your close friends and family, what do they appreciate about you? Ask them, just what do you like about me? What do you appreciate? And then tell your authentic story. I'm not saying write a book, I mean, that would be dumb, right? A tell-all book, especially something that is embarrassing about what happened to you. But tell the truth to someone close to you, right? Your therapist, your best friend, and most importantly, to yourself. Another good place to start is with Dan Millman's book. Now, there's lots of books out there on finding your purpose, but his is called The Life You Were Born to Live, A Guide to Finding Your Life Purpose. It's one of his most popular books due to its accuracy and revealing and clarifying someone's talents and what their main challenges are. He encourages you to explore what, what he's put up. He's set this up as a life purpose system, a modern method of insight based on ancient wisdom that's helped hundreds of thousands of people find meaning, purpose, direction. His book also goes into the strengths and talent challenges of each person's life path, especially in the areas of health, money, relationships. He gets into key spiritual laws, and you've heard me, I, I like books and content on spirituality, but he talks about how do you overcome those hurdles on each of our life paths? Because each of us 
on a different one. Then he gets into guidelines for finding a livelihood consistent with these drives and abilities, and then the hidden dynamics of your relationships, how to live in harmony with them. And he talks about a nine-year cycle of life. I won't give that away, but it's interesting. And a lot more. It's really good stuff. Really. Thank you so much for listening today. Before I close, I told you at the beginning, I'd talk about some of the negative feedback I've received. And I want to do that. So here it is. Just wondering why you decided to write this book. You spent years trying to put this behind you. Why would you want to revive the trauma for you and your kids? Was it just to make a buck? I guess it made me realize that you guys still don't get, really get, that it was not okay. Are you guys sorry that you made a poor choice? just want to say this person, I'm not sure. My feeling is they haven't read the book yet, but they're hitting on exactly why I wrote the book. To tell our side of the story, why we made some of the choices we made, and let you decide which ones were right wrong, good or bad. I definitely wanted to apologize, but I wanted the truth to be out there. And I truly believe that even though we started out to write this for our kids and our family, that we can help thousands of caregivers and future entrepreneurs who may find themselves in this type of situation. And we want to say maybe we're the worst case scenario, but at least they can see that. And no matter what happens, no matter what choices you make, you can come back from it. So please email, keep those emails, messages coming good, bad, ugly, I can take it. And what topics also do you want me to cover? Please let me know. We covered some good stuff today. Sometimes you start down a path that you think is your life purpose, only to make some big mistakes and end up living your life purpose. Sometimes by accident. No need to go to jail on this one, right? Nowadays, this is mine. So I'm going to read you my life purpose. I'm a professional creative, dynamic storyteller, architecting, writing, and delivering authentic stories. I concentrate on books, keynotes, scripts, podcasts, plays, short stories, articles, and posts from my life experience, which move, challenge, anger, inspire, and motivate people of all ages and backgrounds for them to listen, change, improve, laugh, cry, and most importantly, look inside themselves. And this helps me live the greatest life possible that I can. Please, if you get a chance, watch Randy Posh's last lecture. Even if you haven't seen it before, or it's been a while. It's so good. And it points directly to your heart, to that urgency in life that to live your life purpose. Please keep the people of the Ukraine in your thoughts and your prayers. I love the comeback story of Jan Coom. And now you have some good ideas to implement in order to live your life purpose and to know why and if you're struggling, maybe some ideas to help kick it off and get it going. Today's your personal comeback. And please subscribe to this cast as well as the newsletter. If you get a chance, you can sign up at unlikelyfelon.com and grab a copy of the book. Same name. I've heard that people have started to receive their paperback version uh, this last week. This is W.C. Young. Remember, sometimes the best way to help the world is to make mistakes. Goodbye for now. If you enjoyed this cast, you must check out the website, unlikelyfelon.com. You can buy WC's new book, sign up for the newsletter, and see his speaking engagement schedule.